for myself during the pandemic. I lost 80 pounds. I was on keto. Oh. Um, so I know a lot about nutrition, at least I would claim to. <laughs> well versed. I did my own research, um, of course. But in that time, I, I knew the proper things that I needed to get me to the goal I wanted. So my, uh, my focus or my subject. Welcome to the Career Education Learning Center podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Rivers. I am honored and thrilled to have Monica Sadiq today on our show. Monica is a civic leader, entrepreneur, and a recent graduate of Clark Atlanta University. How are you doing today, Monica? <laughs> Good morning. I'm doing well, Mr. Rivers. Uh, I'm doing well. Yes, I'm excited to have this conversation with you all today. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on our show today. Mm-hmm. Early in the morning. It's like <laughs> like the Steve Harvey show. You know how like you used to, I don't know where you were stationed at, but I was in Florida. So we had like Tom Joyner, you know, the yes. shows. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom Joyner was too early. You know, I remember he used to have ass at five o'clock in the morning. I say, good Lord, Tom, who gets up there early in the morning? My gracious, you know. I, I do. I really do. I really, really try to. This morning I was up at like three, but I went back to bed um, and I noticed such a difference in waking up at like four five and trying to start your day like yeah i need a, i need a bit a big morning routine like just getting out the house today to be here right now uh i was up at like seven but then i have to do yoga and then i make tea and then i'm ironing it's just a lot going on so i definitely need to be up early <laughs> well that is fantastic well you know my mentors a lot of time and you read from past entrepreneurs that i've talked to they've been doing this for many many years they say get them early this morning is one of the prerequisites of becoming a millionaire or a billionaire you know that means being that they get up early in the morning because you get fresh ideas early in the morning your mm. brain start really going early in the morning so um i'm not a morning person per se but i was in the army reserve monica and they made me be a morning person so when i went to basic training i learned to be a morning person then and then i went to school like you gotta wake up early in the morning so i didn't have a choice so i learned to be flexible very now flexible. You have a young son so like now you gotta be up early right or kind of not really i have an older son um two older sons um they're very nice sons if they see the podcast i love you my sons and um you know be sure to send money right but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> monica tell the audience a little about yourself and your education career okay well a little bit about myself uh like mentioned i'm a recent graduate from clark Atlanta university i obtained my bachelor's in business administration with the focus and concentration in international business and management um, I, while there, I was a part of many organizations. Um, I served as my community service chair uh, for our senior class, which I've always loved to do. I've always been in um, service and love to help my community around, uh, which kind of fed into whatever I did later on in my uh, matriculation at Clark Atlanta. I decided to join Hands on Atlanta, which is a large nonprofit um, there in the region that helps orchestrate all different NGOs and uh, nonprofits to find volunteers, find helpers, and essentially boost 
uh, that service that we all can make in the world and that difference. Uh, so I joined their civic leadership program. It was a 10 month program. Uh, and at the end, I received a civic leadership certificate, uh, which I'm super grateful for. I got to work with youth and children. So ages K through five and addition, an additional some middle schoolers just depend on the service project. Uh, while at my institution, I was doing the civic leadership program, as well as an internship uh, in government. I worked for African-American Mayors Association this past spring uh, while uh, being a fellow for my school uh, in a center called the Center of Innovation Entrepreneurial Development. Within there, I started to truly kind of hone in on the foundation that I already had with my business that I'm currently the CEO of, Mo Meal Preps. That being said, I was just excited um, to really start uh, crafting who I am as an entrepreneur. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, currently, I'm in Washington, D.C. because once I graduated from Clark Atlanta, I was accepted into Johns Hopkins SICE, which is School of Advanced International Studies, uh, where I'll be obtaining my master's in international relations. That is fantastic. That is a lot on your plate, young lady. Wow. I didn't literally do that much when I was in school. I think I was a part of a couple of organizations. That was it. <laughs> I still don't feel like I'm doing enough. In, in comparison to those around me that like continuously inspire me, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm a little slow. Maybe I'm just, uh, uh, yeah, but I, I'm grateful for all the opportunities God's blessed me with. So when you started Mo Mail Preps, was that in while you was in school? Yes. So it, I started Mommy Preps last year uh, around the summertime. I was in an internship, the oddest internship I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I was I was selling pest control. We had spoke briefly, you know, before uh -huh. we started about you working in um, different compartments where you had to face rejection. I was a sales worker for around a year and a half. And um, in there, in, in that space, I kind of learned how to maneuver, not lie, but convince, <laughs> argue, negotiate. Yes. Uh, and, and that built me to be a stronger uh, persona. It, it built me to be a more um, resilient person overall. So that's kind of why I was in my internship and we were door to door. So it was a lot. Like I was knocking wow. on doors. Hi, how you doing? And <laughs> it, 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 being in Atlanta taught me about the hustle, but definitely being in that space and time, I truly was like, okay, I can hustle. I can not only sell a product, but I can sell myself. And if you can be convincing and truthful and, and genuine in your approach, then many people will um, receive you back or receive you. That being said, uh, in the internship, there were around 18 of us and there were only two women. Um, Yes, only two women out of 18 oh, persons. Uh, towards the end of, well, really the middle, not all of us stayed. You know, the best, the strongest survived. So I ended up being the one and only Black woman um, and really the only woman at, on, on the door-to-door -door sales trip, becoming one of the, the fifth top sellers in our wow. company. So I was very grateful, um, but then I also realized this wasn't this internship wasn't paying it. Like, it <laughs> as far as uh, shelter, safety, my bills were paid, and I could uh, kind of save up for the upcoming school year. But I was like, mm, I, there's something I could do here. And being a business student, I knew it was advantageous for me to develop a business at least while still being in school. One because that market is just. Uh, so open and accessible to you as a graduate or as a college student, just in general, uh, as well as the learning and the 
basis that I have in business, I knew I wasn't going to take it into the corporate world. I was just going to take it to be my uh, stepping block rather so that when I go further into my career, I at least can fall on my feet uh, wherever the cards may land. You know, you never know how God places you in places, but uh, I knew my degree was going to help with that. Being a sales worker was that experience for my degree and um, being around all these men or or young gentlemen was also like, okay, I could find a problem and offer a solution. Uh, a lot of your business, a lot of the ideas that come to entrepreneur is because they're adding convenience or mm-hmm. they're um, offering a, a solution to a problem. Their problem that I said was the fact that a lot of men or young adults at that time don't typically like to cook at home. Um, they would well <laughs> prefer a DoorDash or an Uber Eats because of the convenience, right? Uh, but for myself, I was like, okay, well, how could I bring the convenience, the nutritional value, as well as maybe uh, a lower or cheaper cost per week per, per month to them? And I thought about meal preps. Um, I meal prepped for myself during the pandemic. I lost 80 pounds. I was on keto. Um, so I know a lot about nutrition, at least I would claim to. <laughs> well versed. I did my own research, um, of course. But in that time, I, I knew the proper things that I needed to get me to the goal I wanted. So my uh, my focus or my subject at the time or objective rather, was to give that to others. Um, I was able to make my first meal for the group. Um, now, of course, it was for profit, uh, but it was something that I did out of my own uh, kindness in my heart. I made Rasta pasta. I made two types mm. I made a, a, a shrimp and then I made a chicken that they kept saying tasted like steak. And I'm like, I don't know how that works, but you know, <laughs> I need some Kroger. So, and I seasoned it really well. So, if that's what you guys like, that's what you like. And I sold them for around $10, $11 a plate. Uh, the guys loved it, they were obsessed. And then there was one guy, he was talking, he was like, you know, you really could you could get a, a a client out of this. And I was like, you know, I never thought about going and customizing it to like having clients. So mm-hmm. let's see. And then he was, he, he gave me my first customer. He was like, you see him over there? That man does not eat. Like he, he does, he eats out all this jazz, things mm-hmm. of that nature. So it was my manager at the time. So I spoke to my manager. Uh, one of my managers uh, wanted to lose weight. The other one just kind of wanted meals to have at home because our, mm-hmm. the way of our work, we work full hour days, like 10, 12 hours outside knocking on doors because it is about the quantity. You speak to 50, you'll mm-hmm. get maybe 20 back. You know, uh, it's called the law of averages. So that being said, they're they're giving their more time out there than they are to food or to their lunch breaks. Uh, and yeah, that just that's kind of how I went from there. And then since then, I've been able to make meals for people in their homes as well as cater and offer weekly uh, packages if they want. And I'm still in the developing stages of how I want to uh, market Mo meal preps here. Uh, I'm a grad student and that's a very high market. A lot of these people work full time as well as going to school in the evening or sometimes in the afternoon. If I could offer them lunch or dinner uh, for them to pick up right at their school without yeah. having to walk, things of that nature, then that that's that convenience and um, as well as that nutritional value. Man, that is fantastic. I don't know if people say, you do fantastic. I know it is fantastic. Terrific. And I'm an eater. So I, I, I can use you a bit. I am an eater. So if I want that package, is it every day or is it um two times a day? How does that work? So if I want mobile preps, um, is it um, Monday through Friday or any other day? How would I go about getting more meal preps as far as being a client? 
Thank you for asking that question. So as it relates to Mo meal preps right now, we are um, customizable. So if once I have a client and I know that you are serious on a long-term basis, meaning within a month or two, or even two weeks could be, maybe that's really short-term, but short-term to long-term. So two weeks to possibly a month, if that is your commitment to yourself, knowing that you want to plan, then we can have a conversation as to how uh, we can best suit your schedule as well as your um particular needs. Some per some persons need lunch or dinner. Others need breakfast or lunch. So that being said, I can't make one meal for everybody, although it, it depends on the market. If I am going into a larger space, then I will have a menu out on my Instagram that they can find no meal preps uh, where they can do a pre-order for the week ahead. And I will have a list of options for the week uh, that I will be providing for people. If not, and you are, say, stay-at-home mom or you have a family at home and you want that specialty, then we can have separate conversations as well as um, nutritional guidance. So like I mentioned previously, I had a manager that had um, goals of losing weight. Okay. Mm -hmm. In his meal, I have to make it specific to having maybe less portions, more uh, more greens or more proteins than it would be carbs and things of that nature. But it might it may still be the men, the menu options that I have available to my regular customers that would like to purchase by plate. So you can purchase by plate, you can purchase by week, or you can per, uh, purchase in a overall package, depending on how your month goes. And we schedule a time for me to either pick up or for you to pick up or for me to drop off to your home so that you can have them all together, you know, some people don't like having uh, leftovers, so I completely mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> but <laughs> depending on my schedule, I would be okay with having a drop off or pick up every t- once every three days. So Sunday and then Wednesday, because Wednesday is typically my uh, uh, not as busy days as it relates to school, all of my uh, extracurricular activities, as well as cooking for uh, my grad school. So. Now, do you have any help? That's a lot to do. Wow, that's a lot of organizational skills. That's that is a lot to. Um, so, do you have any help with that? Uh, do you have employees, or do you have friends, or anybody to help you with preparing the meals or making sure they get out to the right customers or places? <laughs> Um, at this time, as it relates to entrepreneur, especially in developing themselves, I do not have a team. Uh, it is me <laughs> to start off with a business like this and being so ambitious. It, it can get a little overwhelming, but I do have a really nice schedule for myself. That is also um, why I speak to a lot of my friends. Well, not a lot of them. I have three on my hand, but uh, <laughs> I will have my mentors that can kind of give me some structure. Um, yesterday I was engaging with a friend, which is just, I'm so grateful to be in the space that I'm in, but he uh, made me consider I was, so the lunch for this week, which isn't every day, but um, I believe I'm going to send out my menu later on today or this evening uh, for them to pick up for tomorrow or even Friday. Uh, I was going to do like a Caesar chicken wrap or a chicken Caesar wrap or and also a salmon wrap. And I was explaining to him I would add sun-dried tomatoes and uh, I would change things around so I wouldn't necessarily use romaine lettuce that you would because lettuce wilts. Like I have uh, that understanding. I would probably use kale. And then they were like, well, do you have a grain in there? And I was like, hmm, I considered... <laughs> 
adding the grain, but I could. He was saying like couscous or rice, but the thing is, I know the vision that I have. I don't want it to be too filling because it's supposed to be a lunch, not necessarily like a larger uh, menu <laughs> item. Uh, but yeah, I have some ideas uh, as it relates to people that I would like to go into business with. Um, I seek counsel in someone I live with currently. She is a senior at Howard. And she gives me a lot of understanding as to the market and the target area that I'd be going into. Uh, but as it relates to organization, that is I. Uh, but I do have an Excel sheet that I try and keep up with uh, when it relates to the person, their dietary restriction. And then I'll have the week kind of planned out for what they will need or what they would like um, going forward. Now, did your educational training that you had at Crockley University prepare you for this? Because it's not like you got everything, you got everything in your head, you got everything organized, everything together, your Excel sheet, and you got your ideas where you're going. Did your education help you come with these ideas? Um, I took two courses that helped me understand Excel. They helped me understand Excel, but I I would definitely say it was a combination of both. You need your knowledge to go forward in life, but you need your experience to understand how it's supposed to how you apply that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, So that being said, I will. uh, Clark Atlanta prepared me. Mm -hmm. I won't say that those classes gave me everything I needed to know Mm -hmm. as it relates to working in a space like. Um, the food industry, uh, but they did help me understand and get that basis that I need. Uh, yes. My senior year, I took a course called Entrepreneurship and Enterprise. And in that course, we were able to do a business plan full out and through. Yes. Uh, now, it was a group assignment, but in that group assignment, I definitely was doing majority. Um, <laughs> that's not because I just take control. It's just generally uh, some people um, need more direction than most. Yes. And uh, I typically get a lot of people that gravitate towards my direction, which I appreciate. But at the same time, it's like I'm learning the same way y'all are. I really I'm learning the best way I know how or what makes most sense to me based off the experience that I've had thus far. Um, So although everything sounds great and nice, trust me, it's still a task in not only keeping that organized, but keeping everything time managed well and Mm. There's just so many moving variables, and I don't know how to juggle in real life, but I make it work. So <laughs> I don't know how you don't know how to make a joke. You juggle all that. <laughs> if, know, if, right? you, if you have trouble juggling all that, then I don't know what to say about me and the rest of us. You know, and it's like, wow, you you juggle all that pretty well. The sound of us. I mean, no. you know, I, I don't shoot. Yeah, because education. <laughs> and I tell students all the time that education basically give you a basis. And so what that basis does, you use those transferable skills that you learn from your previous jobs, from the education, from talking to other people, mentors, other business people, other people in your field, and you use all that experience and educational in your head and come together with your own plan, right? We start mm-hmm. off doing one thing the way we want to do, and then you start off doing another thing once you get your own idea and how you want to do things. And so from that standpoint, then you become you. You become, like you said before, now I know how I want to do things. And I'm the same way, Monica, is that even with my business today, you know, I have one way of doing it. And then there's another way I get suggestions from other mentors and other business people, even bouncing off my sons, you know, like, how does this sound? Or should I do this? You know, and that way you learn to infuse all those uh, contributions for them, the ideas, the suggestions, the things you should do and shouldn't do. And then, then you formulate your own plan, right? Then you say, okay, I like this. I don't like that. 
I want to do this. I don't want to do that. I can't do this at this time. And then you come together. So I, you have definitely learned a lot. And I can see why they put you in charge. You are a very leadership um, authoritative person as far as in a nice authoritative man, manner. I mean, that leadership skills, that confidence come out even at the podcast here, you know. Mm-hmm. You know I'm, I may come work for you at more, 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 more meals, you know. Hey, give me a job, girl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would love that. You know, we always need a prepper or uh, really someone to advertise. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. And definitely content creation. I think that's maybe my biggest weakness right now when it comes mm-hmm. to expanding and um, using my platform. Like you said, earlier digital age uh social media is the best way to get in contact mm-hmm. and reach masses of people versus mm-hmm. just going door to door or speaking out loud like don't get me wrong there isn't a there's a lost art in uh the interpersonal connections that you have with with people while you're there but it's mm-hmm. also so much uh it's so important to reach large masses of people mm-hmm. because that's how you get that um those that aren't aware or those that need it, data mining is really a thing. Like <laughs> Google listens, your phone um, taps yes. because they're trying to best assess how um, the products that we have or everything that's available to you can best fit your needs. And I feel like that I, um, Mo Meal Preps, can fit a various of needs and people. So just trying to definitely hone in on that. Like I have many of photos of like meals or things that I've cooked for mm-hmm. myself because I'm vegan, uh, but I cook. A, a various amount of things. That is another thing that I would say I would like to get my specialty in. So maybe I can narrow down all this ambition <laughs> keep it a little more organized because if I'm cooking chicken, lamb, turkey, steak, uh-huh. then the the options are endless. And although I can be um, as uh, unlimitless, if you will, with uh-huh. my vegan options, it's still like, okay, what do I truly want to focus in and hone in on? Because I do have to, well, I do understand now in the efforts of being an entrepreneur, you're going to mess up more times than you do right. Yes. In the beginning, so, yes. Yes. It's, right. it's trial and error. It's definitely trial and error for you and for me. And mm-hmm. um, like you said before, you'll learn to niche that down, you know, because they may be, and right now I learned, especially in the African American community, there's more vegans than ever before. You know what I'm saying? I work for a guy and he's a vegan. And of course everybody heard of slutty vegan, right? How much he's expanding her empire. Even right down in Atlanta, right where you was at, you know, yes, she's the empire he's making it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so but I don't think she has what you have as far as that niche as far as if you offer it vegan only. Right. If you want to go, I'm on vegan only to deliver. And if you have that, that, that um, people in that area, that, that demographics in that area, there's a large uh, population of vegan, no matter what race, nationality or whatever they have, then they may be the option for you. You know, and so that, that even widen your demographics. Right. Because it's like, OK, there's a lot of vegans in this area. You know, I can serve them that way. A lot of my business, like all of us, right? And then we want that option to where, hey, you know, they're all great. I don't have to fish no food dinner tonight or lunch today, you know, and I can get that vegan opportunity on that. And so with them able to get that vegan opportunity, they're like, okay, great, great. So they know that a lot of other um, restaurants do that, right? Mm-hmm. But they may like, like you said before, word of mouth is, is a powerful marketing tool. You know, you know, hey, Monica, hey, Momel Preps, hey, hey, they're good, you know, fresh, wholesome thing. I know where they're coming from. I know she's good. I taste the food. And that can be also a marketing tool that you use also. Mm-hmm. So I think everything's just coming together like I am. And we have a lot in common for our starting business is that we both have to learn. And they're all going to be trial and errors. Yes, Monica, going to be trial and errors. And we got to find our own footing. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're doing is very significant and very good. 
I mean, I was I had that same entrepreneurial spirit when I was younger. Uh, I, now I always had the eating spirit, Monica. Now I can eat like everything. I mean, they, if everybody had an eating course in college, I could have passed that for eight. There's no doubt. Me too. But um, but other than that, uh, <laughs> I had to work hard like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, since you had, so what are you doing now? Um, you had, uh, you say you had John Hopkins. Can you go in a little bit of that? Sure. So I currently just started my graduate school at Johns Hopkins University. SICE is the, is the school, um, School of Advanced International Studies. Uh, our first day was Monday, but my first official day was kind of yesterday. And today I'm just on campus, um, just enjoying the view. It's really nice. Well, it's less of a campus and more of a building, but this building is huge. Um, I'm the inaugural class of 2025 that's going to be in this new center that was sponsored by Bloomberg. Uh, so they are now on Pennsylvania or 555 Pennsylvania Avenue, which is across from the National Art Gallery. And I see the Capitol as I'm walking in. Like, it's just I'm so grateful to be here. And I never... I never would have thought God would have gave me a dream like this. So I'm, I'm grateful to see it through. Uh, I'm here to obtain my master's. I have, I've always had pursuits in the international realm, uh, even before this entrepreneurial spirit kind of came to me. And again, that was just a byproduct of my education prior. Uh, but I've always loved being around different cultures, definitely the eating spirit, eating yes. different um, <laughs> uh, values, and just getting to understand the world around me because I under, I've always understood at a very young age that the world um, the world that I live in isn't the world that's everywhere. Um, and also the opportunities and um, advantages and disadvantages that I have uh, don't always, it, it varies amongst the individual and a person. And if I can be that one light in someone's life, because uh, I've always had a goal like for mine, just never to get jaded by the experiences I've been through. And although I've been through a, a, a couple, they're not as uh, significant as those that live in uh, the global South. And the global South is considered um, a more, uh, the developing country or the developing world rather. Mm-hmm. Although I think it's kind of, uh, we're all developing in a way like the United States is the youngest bully out there, the youngest um, country. Yet, although we seem like we have it together, it's organized. You know, we've got our technology. We've got our money. Uh, we're at the top of our league. We're still in those developing stages as well. And some of our um, citizens are being uh neglected in a way. Some don't have the proper nutrition. Some don't have the proper water um, sources. And we are all living, and I just learned this yesterday in one of my classes, uh, coming from a childhood poverty of some sense, especially minority minority groups. That being said, uh, to obtain my master's here, uh, then after I hope uh, to obtain my law degree, I don't have to trust Mm -hmm. That's why I'm doing my master's first, because I want to really understand how can my goal in um, just sharing my light as well as working in youth development and focusing in child literacy rates um, kind of expand amongst the different roles that are offered in the international spectrum. There's a group called the World Bank Group that if any student knows about it or if they haven't, um, definitely look into them. They help. Uh, the global south and developing countries and they sponsor different operations and it was just so important and imperative in my development as a young youth to understand that the dreams that I want are within reach and the in the things that I've envisioned or the things that I've talked about because for a while sometimes if your dreams are so big they can uh seem not irresponsible that's not the word overwhelming um huh overwhelming Overwhelming, sure. Overwhelming, sure. We could definitely say overwhelming because 
in your pursuits of it, it seems like it, you'll just never get there, um, especially when it is so ambitious. It's like, well, other people around me are thinking practically, but it's not a dream isn't supposed to be practical. It's supposed to scare you because, you know, like it could happen um, with the right nurturing and understanding and environment around you, as well as that belief in, in yourself to make it happen. So, yeah, that's kind of that's what I'm doing right now. I'm living on a faith in the dream. And to be here thus far, it's still um, very surreal for me because I have to come to terms that like I'm not in my waiting um, stage anymore, my waiting period. Like when I got to college, I knew college wasn't it, or when I got to my undergrad, like university, I knew that that wasn't the end all be all for me because I knew I had so many more steps to get to where I want to go to be in my career to make that change. Um, but at the same time, I had to understand that the change starts now. It starts today with me, which is why I developed and did the civic leadership program and why I put myself in volunteer experiences in and around me, because I knew eventually I want to get to that point. But you can't get there if you don't do the work now, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, that that's what you got to do. And that's what we're trying to teach students today, you know, whether high school or college, that you got to do the work, you know, and you got to make the goals, plan your goals. But at the same time, you got to do the work to get to those goals. And while you're waiting, remember that Fred Hammerstein waiting for the Lord, you have to do your part, right? He's already got the schedules there. He's, he's waiting on you. We keep thinking that, 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 that we're waiting on the Lord. No, he's waiting on us to develop to the person that we want to be. And then we're able to get the blessing in which we seek. Yeah. It has been a joy, Monica, talking to you today. I tell you what, I have learned a lot. Um, I enjoyed it, especially learning about your business. That is very you know, a mouthful that I need to take in, right? That's something that I can use myself, the, mm-hmm. the lessons and the things that you've learned and apply those lessons myself. So do you have any things to say to young people today about maybe either college or going to entrepreneurship before we leave? Um, as it relates to the youth, I would definitely, um, like you like you said so well, just put in that work, um, even if you feel like, oh, it's not amounting to anything. Uh, my friend, she said this one thing that will always stay with me. And she was saying that she believes that um, if you put that energy out, God will somehow, some way, always make it um, that energy that you put out in a project or in whatever you want to pursue will never be in vain. Um, it's kind of like a boomerang effect. It might not come when you want it, but it will come at the right time that is meant for mm-hmm. you. So even if you feel like, okay, well, I wanted to be for for the guys. I'm just being stereotypical. But if you want to be in the NFL and football, right. player, okay, you're putting in that work. You're going to the gym. You know, you're doing that extra step beyond just being adequate. And I think we all also do. I have to understand as a youth when we are just being adequate and when we're being extraordinary. So understanding, putting yourself in that um, realm, mm-hmm. eventually knowing that you've done those steps, done that work, God will reward you. A small anecdote before um, I leave, it was something so small uh, that, well, it wasn't small, it was huge. But a, uh, a month ago, I was looking for my apartment out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for an apartment. I had the mindset in, in my mind, I, I wanted a washing dryer, definitely a unit. Like I knew my standards, which is very important. I knew what I'm non-negotiable. I knew my boundaries when it came to what me and my roommate wanted in, um, and would settle for and would ex- and would accept. Uh, it, in Washington, D.C., people will make it seem like it's New York. Like you'll pay for 600 square feet and uh, will pay so much for 600 square feet when it's not possible. Like all the things that you want, want you back. You just have to reach out and believe and have faith. In my pursuits to find an apartment out here, oh, excuse me, in my okay. pursuit to uh, find an apartment out here, 
I had to go from Maryland. So Bowie, I was taking the train back and forth to D.C. Uh, I didn't have a, a an idea in the world. Most of the people that I reached out to didn't reach back out. I was going to these homes blindly, like just using my door to door skills. Yeah, I I see. And I was like, hey, um, do you do you know your landlord? Like, can I get in contact with them to see because I'm interested in this home and they're not answering in, the, in, in a fast enough time. And I'm only here for this week. Uh, but. I, I was so discouraged the first day. I remember I, I got lost on the train. And I was just so upset. And I came back to one and I kind of just breathed. And I was like, Monica, you know, if you do the work, something's going, going, some, something's going to happen. From that experience for uh, when I was knocking door to door, you aren't going to get to that one or that five person if you don't even give yourself the opportunity to fail and try. So going to these doors, I'm knocking, knocking, you know, I'm talking to individuals, uh, I'm getting names, I'm seeing a couple apartments, like, I'm like, okay, okay, I got in. Even if one wasn't, looked affordable for me, I was like, okay, I still want to tour an apartment, give me an understanding. Okay, I do like an open floor plan. I like a lot of window space, like knowing what I truly want out of the life or the uh, home that I envision for myself here. And have that faith in yourself and don't get discouraged and um, settle in a way. We we often feel that we'd rather be practical than um, go for everything that we want and more. And you can definitely have it as a young um, adult. And it's okay uh, to go the path alone. That's another thing that I would definitely recommend. Some persons are just a little scared about doing something that no one has ever done, but that right there should encourage you more to pave that path for yourself. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today, Monica. I really appreciate it. Um, I wish we had more time. I have a lot more to go over, so you got to come back. Yes, no problem. <laughs> you definitely have to come back here. But thank you so much for coming on our show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great talking to you all, and I hope everyone is blessed and successful. And I would also like to thank our viewers and listeners for joining me, Mitchell Rivers, on the Career Education Center podcast, where we're making your career dreams a reality. God bless.